Hey, everybody, welcome home. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. We are so glad you tuned into the broadcast today. We want you to know you are always welcome right here in the house of faith. Father, we worship you. We give you all the thanks, all the praise, and all the glory for how good you are, how faithful you've been to all of us. I know you've been faithful, Father, to those who judge you faithful, those who call you faithful. So all of us who are coming into agreement right now around your word, we just say this all over the world. You are faithful. You're a faithful Father God. Your mercy endures forever. Your grace towards us is abounding and it's great. And today we come before your word. We come before your word with open eyes and open ears and open hearts. We want to see Jesus, hear his voice, understand who he is in us and who we are in him. We thank you, Father, that your word will do in our lives today what only your word can do, which is change us from the inside out. We thank you for it. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, I'm excited about getting into the Word of God with you today. We're going to start something that I believe is going to carry us over at least a couple of weeks of broadcast. I know a lot of change going on right now, change of season, change of scenery, and um, I guess if I look a a little happier than usual, that's probably why. We're coming into, right here in the United States anyway, we're coming into uh, the fall season, autumn, and it's my favorite. I I can't lie about it. It's my favorite. I love just walking outside and it's, in Texas anyway, it's not hot anymore. It's not yet cold. It's just, just great. You just need a little sweatshirt. It just smells like somebody's burning something somewhere. And it's just one of my favorite times. And, and by the time you see this broadcast, we are well into fall. Right now, where I'm sitting, you know, we tape these things well in advance. And so we're, we're right on the edge. Summer is, is holding on tight, but it's on its way out and fall is coming. And so that in Texas means it's almost not 90 anymore. So we're very excited about almost not 90. And uh, I just love it. I love this, this change, this season. And, and you don't want to look into these things too much. You don't have to make a spiritual thing out of everything. But, you know, we do the same things in our lives. We come in and out of seasons. We've got to be ready for change and open to change and not dumbfounded and surprised every time change shows up in our lives. And I want to make this statement to you. And I believe there's a lot of, uh, a lot of revelation in this. And there's some key, real keys to living in the kingdom of God in this one statement right here. You and I need to be, how do I say it? Full of the Holy Spirit enough in our lives that we can tell the difference between when change is coming and when change is here. Do you have the ability to tell the difference between when change is coming and when change is here? See, most people, a lot of people, they get a sense about something. Sometimes people who are believers, they get a sense. God God gives them a glimpse of the future of where they're headed. And if you're not watchful over that, you mistake what the Lord's telling you when he's telling you change is coming. If you're not watchful, you mistake that for, hey, change is here. It's time to move something, do something, change something. That's not always what that means. I want right now, as we're in this natural change of season, in this natural change going on around us, I want this this just to be a cue for us to go before the Lord and say, okay, Father, just help me to understand the times. Help me to recognize what season I'm in. Am I in a season when change is on the way? Or am I in a season when change is here? 
And if you learn the difference between those seasons, you'll learn how to live differently in each one. Just because change is coming doesn't necessarily mean it's time for you to make a bunch of different changes, move where you're living, where you're going to church, where relationships. Oh, no, 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 just hold on a second. Be patient, slow down a little bit. The Lord's just beginning to unfold some things to you, getting you ready, getting you ready. This is so key in, in walking with God and prospering it in God is being ready, being ready while change is coming. Because if you'll get ready while change is coming, you'll be ready when change gets here. Amen. I just love this season. That's a big, long way around saying I love it in this season. If you've got a Bible, I want you to turn with me and let's start in uh, the book of 2 Timothy today. 2 Timothy chapter 1. Uh, some of you, probably most all of you know what's going on here. The Apostle Paul is writing yet another letter to Timothy, his young protege, if you will. And um, this second letter, I think, comes later in Paul's life towards the end of his ministry. And he's writing to Timothy. And you can tell just in his words what a special, what a dear place Timothy has in the heart of Paul. And he writes to him in verse 3, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Let's read several verses here. He said, I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience as my forefathers did, as without ceasing, I remember you in my prayers night and day. I remember you in my prayers, he said, night and day, without ceasing. That's, that's somebody who holds a special place in your heart when night and day, they're always on your mind or in your heart. And when you think about him, you're praying about him. And when you're praying about him, you're seeking the Lord over him. That's somebody who holds a special place in you. What you need to realize right away is not everybody has that place. Not everybody gets to have that kind of place in your heart, but God will bring people into your life who hold a very special, a very dear place in your heart. And you're assigned to them, if you will. You're assigned to pray over them. You're assigned in a relationship with them. And there's, not, there's just not room in your heart for everybody, but there is room in your heart for precious few who the Lord will assign you to. And you can tell here that Timothy is in the heart of Paul in that way. I'm remembering you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy when when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, the genuine faith that is in you. I like this, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Let me just stop here. I love Timothy. I've never met the man, but I love him. And I love him partly because I feel for him, but I think I love him because I see myself in him to a certain degree. Um, you put together what Paul said to him in this letter, you put it together with the first one, and you kind of get a sense of the personality that Timothy had. You kind of get a sense of um, his temperament, if you will. And on more than one occasion, I think Paul wrote to him about being mindful of his tears. Evidently, Timothy was a crier. Now, I'm not saying there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but evidently Timothy was a crier. He was, let's put it like this, tenderhearted, okay? Now, I know what Paul is saying to him here, and I know it's a good thing. It's a great thing when Paul writes to him and says, 
I'm praying about you, when I bring to remembrance, when I'm reminded of the genuine faith that's in you, I know that's a good thing. But imagine, if you will, for a moment, what it would be like for your, man, your mentor. Guys, gentlemen, think about this with me for a moment. Say you've got, you got a coach, you got a teacher, you got a mentor, somebody that has just almost been like a second father to you and brought you up and, and nurtured you and taught you. And then one day he maybe writes this letter to you or maybe even looking eye to eye and says, you know who you remind me of? Your grandma. You know who else you remind me of? Your mother. And I just got to try to imagine what it would be like for Timothy to be told by this great man of God, this, this mentor in the things of God and in his faith. And his mentor looks at him and says, you're like your grandma. You're a lot like your mother. And here's where I have to not only feel for Timothy, if I'm honest with you, I kind of grew up hearing some of the same stuff. I grew up being told how much I look like my mom, how much I preach like my mom, you know, and even my grandmother. And these are great things. These are ultimately great things. All of this I'm saying, you got to learn to identify with these guys in these scriptures. I identify with Timothy, but I want you to notice what Paul said, what he's ultimately writing to him about. He says, I'm reminded of the genuine faith that is where? In you. The genuine faith that is in you. But listen to what he said in verse six. This is what I want you to see today. He said, therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. So Paul's praying over Timothy. He brings to mind this genuine faith that is alive in him. And it was alive in the generations before him. He writes to him and based on all that, all that, he looks at him and he says, I'm reminding you now, Timothy, to stir up the gift. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. How did it get there? By the laying on of my hands, he said, stir up the gift of God. I want to talk to you today about stirring up this gift that's in you. Stir it up. I want you to imagine somebody, if you will, probably somebody you know, somebody you might be acquainted with, somebody who just kind of exudes talent, somebody who just exemplifies leadership skills. They lead themselves. They lead, lead others well. They're, they're talented in any given area of life. Uh, they, they're just outgoing, outspoken. Can you imagine somebody like that? When Paul wrote to Timothy and he told him to stir up the gift, this, this two-word phrase he used, stir up, it's a very interesting word. And to me, it's interesting and intriguing because right here in this letter is the only time you see this word used in the entire New Testament. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I can look some of this stuff up and learn a little bit about it, just like you can. The word stir up is a Greek word, big fat, long one, about this big. Anna Zopereo. Anna Zopereo. Say it with me, boys and girls. Anna Zopereo. And again, it's the only time this word showed up in the New Testament. Now, this word is best understood if you would take, just take it apart, and you'll see that there's three words in it that make up this one word. Anna is um, basically, it's just a preposition. It means up or going up. You could say again, you've got, 
You've got something down here. When you go up, you go up a step again, again, again. That's what the word Anna means, again. Zoe, you might recognize, you, you know the word Zoe. What's that word mean? It means life. Even the God kind of life. So you, when he wrote to him about this Anna Zoe Pereo, he's talking to him about life. Anna Zoe. And then the last word is Pereo. The word Pereo is from the root word that means fire. You know, I talked to you a moment ago about stepping outside and it just, that change in that season and you just take a deep breath in and just smells like somebody's burning something somewhere and there's fire, just the, the, even the scent of it just moving through the air. I want you to get a picture here of what Paul was endeavoring to say to Timothy when he told him to stir up or to anazopereo this gift again. It's fire. You've heard of uh, the, the, the word we use, pyro, pyrotechnics, pyromaniacs. What is that about? It's about fire, man. And that's what Paul was writing to Timothy about, anazopereo. In other words, he was telling Timothy to put life in the fire again. That's what this word means, to put life in the fire again. When you understand this word, you understand why this same scripture in the New Living Translation was translated like this. Fan into flames, he said, the spiritual gift of God that is in you. He's talking to him about rekindling something. To stir it up, he's talking to him about putting life in the fire again. And when I was thinking about some of these things, meditating along these lines, the Lord really reminded me of something. He took me back to something that happened in my life, gosh, years and years and years ago. I remember being a junior in high school, going to the little Christian school that I started kindergarten in all the way through graduation. My junior year at that school, at the beginning of the fall, the first part of the school year, the entire senior class had invited all of us, the whole student body, out to the big soccer field one evening, one fall night, and they wanted to have this big bonfire. They built this huge fire out there on the field and, and everybody gathered around this fire. We were a small school, but the senior class had invited us all out there to, to pray over the new school year, just to praise and to pray and to, pr and to worship God and to dedicate ourselves, dedicate that school year to him, to, to finding out what this year was supposed to be about for us as a student body. And so we all went out there that night. We're standing around this big bonfire and I'm standing there hand in hand with the other members of my junior class. And we're, like I said, just praying, praising, worshiping. It was great. It's wonderful. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I find myself crying. And I've got these giant tears rolling down my cheeks. And I'm going, why am I crying right now? Right now, I'm this junior in high school. What am I doing standing out here crying like a baby? And I can tell you what was going on in my heart right at that moment. I was standing there watching those flames just literally leap up into the sky that towered, I don't know, 15, 20 feet, it seemed like, above us. Huge fire. And the Lord, by the help of the Holy Spirit, used those flames to remind me of a fire that used to burn bright in me even as a young boy, and I stood there almost like flashing back to being a little boy from the time I was four years old, five years old, for the next several years, even as a young kid, I knew all I wanted to do was be a preacher of the gospel. 
And even as a young kid, those, fly, those fires started burning bright inside me. But you know how it goes. You know, you get into junior high, you start getting into high school and things that you used to be passionate about, maybe you're not so passionate about anymore. Uh, a little more into being cool, a little more into fitting in, a little more uh, self-conscious and just kind of wanting to be one in the crowd. And over the several years that led up to that moment standing out there on that soccer field, I think those fires had just kind of dwindled out. And in a moment of time, the Holy Spirit used what I was standing there around looking at to remind me of a fire that used to burn bright in me. And standing there, I knew two things. I knew one, I'd let my fire die out. And I knew two, I wanted it to roar again. I wanted there to be life in the fire again. And this is what Paul is writing to Timothy about. Timothy, you've got to stir up the flame. Timothy, you've got to put life in the fire again. See, here's a man he's writing to, and here's somebody who's on the surface, at least, given his whole life to the things of God. He's pastoring this church, this growing, thriving church. Literally hundreds of thousands of new believers are in this church. And yet, for whatever reason, Timothy has let that fire die out. Maybe some of that passion, maybe some of that zeal, maybe some of that fire that once burned bright in him, it began to die out. And his mentor is having to write to him and say, Timothy, there's a genuine faith that's in you. There's a fire that's in you, but I'm begging you, son, pour some fuel on it. Stoke those embers, rake those coals, put life in the fire Again, it's time to get passionate again about the things of God. It's time to stir yourself up once more about the things you used to be excited about, the things you used to be passionate about. Stir yourself up about the word of God. Stir yourself up about praise. Stir yourself up about worship. Stir yourself up about the plan, the assignment, the call of God that's on your life. But even more so, or maybe I should say even more specifically than just the things of God. There's more revelation in here. If we'll look at what Paul was saying to him, he said, I'm, I remind you to stir up the gift. You've got to stir up the gift that's in you. This word gift in the Greek, here's, word you're, here's a word you're probably more familiar with, maybe more than anazopereo. The word gift in the Greek is the word charisma. Charisma. So you remember I had you thinking about somebody you know that's talented, outgoing, outspoken, uh, just a natural born leader. Well, when you're looking at that person or that kind of person, what you need to understand is you're not just looking at somebody who's got a fair amount of talent. You're not just looking at somebody who's good at this, that, or the other thing. What you are actually looking at is somebody who has tapped into the grace of God that is on their life, a gift that came from God. Wouldn't, wouldn't you describe that kind of person as charismatic? What do we, who do we describe as charismatic? That's outgoing. That's not shy. That's not withdrawn. That's not timid. That's not fearful. Charismatic. That's somebody who's outgoing, outspoken, leads well. Well, here's what you have to understand about the word charisma. 
Do you see the root word in it? Charis, C-H-A-R-I-S. Do you know what that word is? It's the Greek word for grace. So you're not just witnessing somebody who's got a lot of talent. You're not just watching somebody who's good at this thing, that thing, or the other. What you are watching is somebody who has tapped in to the grace, the grace of God that is on their life. And that grace is in them, but it's not just in them. It's overflowing out of them. That's what charisma is. That's what somebody who is, who is talented and gifted and graced in any certain area of life, that's what that is, is it's in them overflowing out of them. Now, there's a reason I told you to think of somebody else like that. You want to know why? It's because you and I all too often are not quick enough to see that there is a gift in us. There is right now a gift from God that's in you. You are in possession of the grace of God. Now, the grace on your life may be different than the grace that's on mine and the grace that's on the one around, on others around you, but that does not negate the fact that there is resident within you right at this moment all the grace that you need to sustain you all the way through this life. And you're thinking, well, where is it? Why am I not seeing it? Here's the answer. Stir it up. You've got to stir up this gift. Anything, any living thing, in order for that thing to stay alive, it has to be fed. Any living thing for it to stay alive has to be fed. And those of us who have ever owned goldfish, we know what happens when you forget to feed something. I don't know what it is about fish. Maybe it's they're just not big. You can't hold them. You can't pet them. So you forget to feed them. Or maybe a plant. You just neglect it. Well, what happens to things that don't get fed? That little fish that was swimming along at some point very soon, he's just sort of floating there. That's what happens to things that don't get fed. Living things need to be fed in order to stay alive. And this grace that's in you, this gift that is in you, it's got to be fed. It's got to be stirred. It's got to be awakened. And how do you do that? I've got like 10 seconds left on this broadcast. Let me give you a very basic way that you do it. It's the same way you do anything and everything else in God. You do it by faith. You stir it up when you don't feel it. You stir it up when you don't see it. How do you do that? You do it with your words. You give voice. You, you acknowledge out loud, I am graced. I am gifted. There is an assignment of God on me. There is a call of God on my life and I am passionate about it. I am stirred up about it and I'm giving my life to it and just simply pray this. Holy Spirit, open my eyes to the grace that's on me. Open my eyes to the gift within me and I will give my life to it. On next week's broadcast, I'm going to talk to you more about this. I'm going to talk to you about why we've been neglecting the gift, why this gift is starving in so many people's lives. But between now and then, I just simply want you doing this, giving voice and thanks for the gift of the grace of God that's in you. Stir it in Jesus' name.
Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television Broadcast, the Legacy Letter Magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith. 